everybody. Thank you for tuning in. This is Art Tells a Story, produced by the Reese Brothers. I'm Dante Woods Spikes, and I'm going to be a host for the next couple of weeks. Um, so what this project entails is interviewing local artists in Columbus, Ohio, sharing some of their gifts and some of their talents. Um, and we just want everybody to have a chance to meet these new artists and, and uh, possibly support them. Uh, so today, the artist that I am going to be interviewing is one of my favorite people in the city, Matthias Jackson. So Matthias, Matthias, could you just introduce yourself, say what's up to the people, let them know who you are and what you do real quick. Hey, what's up, the people? Man, how y'all feeling? <laughs> uh, my name is Matthias. Um, yo, born and raised right here in Columbus, Ohio. Love my city. Proud of my city. Um, proud of all the really, really amazing artists out there. Um, I do comedy, poetry, show hosting. Um, I do like curating and things like that. Um, I, I'm actually, so I, I do show hosting with like Seventh Draft Poetry and Maroon Arts Group. Um, I do show curation with both of those too. Um, I also am getting in more and more so into like video work. Um, got a couple little short films and um, worked on most recently on a series called Where Two or More Are Gathered. But yeah, born and raised in the city, man. I got all my, uh, you know, got all my skills right from, right from the homeland, man. Okay. I don't know what we're calling it. I don't know if we can still call it Columbus, but <laughs> <laughs> the city right. formerly known as the city formerly known as Columbus. Maybe. Right. We 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 gonna figure something out. We might call it Matthias City. You know, whatever. Hey, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> Cool, but uh, you know Matthias, he he's a jack of all trades. I'm telling you, this man is so talented. He's also a comedian. So if you ever get a chance, check him out. He got skits that he does. He he brings the best out of the people that he around. I'm telling you. So um, I appreciate. It. Listen, man, don't don't count yourself out of that, man. Me, me and <laughs> you worked on that uh, little music of Fuego, man. That was oh, yeah. uh, that yeah, was man. Neat. And that was a good time. You brought it out of me, man. You brought it out of me. But um, so the first question I want to ask you, Matthias, is yeah. what would you consider your primary art form to be? And how did you find out that that was your style of art? Yo, that's a good question because, you know, it's interesting. When I was a kid, I don't even say necessarily like, you know, just when I was a kid, but like I was like 12, 13 years old, man. I had my first kind of... uh. I had my first, no, it was my Tucker. That was like probably like 14, 15, somewhere around there. But I had my first phone, and it was like this little Virgin Mobile job, man. <laughs> the graphics on that thing were terrible, man. It was horrible. I had a terrible time with that phone. But, man, I used to do these little stop motion, like, and it's interesting because it had a feature on there where essentially you could uh, record something, and then if you, you could pause the recording, and then continue it. So, like, that's kind of how we used to do it, you know, when I was a kid. I feel so old saying stuff like that. <laughs> that's how we used to do it back in my day. But, man, yeah. So, I, I would say, man, probably, like, video editing was, like, my the first of all the stuff that I'm into now. Like, that was kind of the first one that kind of showed up. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I kind of walked, I don't want to say walked away from that, but got really, really interested in poetry and started doing and performing poetry a lot. Um, I've done that probably the most out of anything else that I've done. Um, and probably the most recent thing is, you know, the comedy. 
But, you know, I, I probably would feel like, you know, it's probably a combination between, like, the comedy and the poetry. Mm-hmm. It's probably my primary, I would say, mostly because, like, I like to write funny poems. Right. And so, you know, I kind of try to mix those two things in there, kind of as, a, like, a collaboration mm-hmm. of, the, of those arts. Man, I would definitely say that, you know, the the two of them is what, if, if people are looking for me or looking, you know, to find me somewhere, you could probably find me in, in a place that's doing one of those two things. Yeah. Okay. And what's real interesting about that is how you said uh, video editing was one of your very first, like, art forms that you got into and you started to explore. Yeah. But what's interesting is most people know you for your poetry, but with the project that we're going to be discussing... A little bit, once we get a little bit deeper, shows that you went back to your first true love and what you first started with. So um, when it comes to the poetry that you do, Matthias, has it ever been difficult for you to share poems? Or was it something you were just always comfortable with doing? Like, what do you feel, like, where, where do you find courage to do your poetry and is it anything that's difficult or does it just come to you naturally? Uh, honestly, man, I don't think it was, it's ever been it. Maybe the mechanics of sharing the poetry, like, you know, I, I think I w- I've never been afraid of like looking embarrassed in public. <laughs> so I think <laughs> that sometimes works against me, but yeah. <laughs> in a lot of spaces. You know, I feel like that's kind of been my kind of my suit of armor, armor, man. Like I can kind of get up on stage and mm. say the things that I really want to say, and not really feel like, okay, what if this doesn't go over well? What if this poem is terrible? I mean, you know, you're gonna have bad poems, have like bad work or whatever. You but you have to, you have to in order to have the good work. You know what I mean? Wow. So, I I would definitely say yeah. Like it's it's not something that I I never really struggled with yo, do I want to perform or do I want to get out here and, like, you know, perform this work? Mm-hmm. I think pro- probably, uh, um, I think probably with me, it's been, it's always just been, like, trying to find those spaces. Um, and I didn't really kind of grow up super knowledgeable of all the spaces that I could kind of be out there and doing it in. So, you know, once I kind of start getting a hold of that and, you know, being able to go out of city, go out of state, um, and, you know, kind of go to these like national slams and kind of performances. I was just like, oh man, of course. Yeah, and that's that's getting on stage. That's the easy part. Yeah. Wow, that's that's interesting because I know a lot of people have stage fright, um, and they'll question, you know, should I share this poem? Sometimes poetry is very very personal for people, and yeah. a person can talk themselves out of doing that. So I find it real interesting that you're like the complete opposite where you're like, I ain't afraid to be embarrassed. I'm ready to say what it is I got to say and I'm ready for the feedback and whether it's good or bad. So that's yeah, it. man. And that's and the, and the thing is like, and I think that I, I don't think I gave enough credit to in the initial thing, but like, man, the OGs that I have here in Columbus, the people that really kind of set the path for me, the people that we're there to kind of get critiques and stuff like that on my art. Like one of the things they always say is like, yo, if you're going to be in a room, you're going to perform. Mm-hmm. And like the heart, probably one of the hardest things to do is kind of get out of rhythm or never get into the rhythm of performing. Um, and that, and that'd be the advice that I always try to give to people whenever they ask me, like, you know, should I, if I go to this open mic, should I go to this open mic? I don't know if I'm ready to share this poem, so I'm not going to do anything like, 
you know what? The harder the hardest thing for you to do is going to be like getting up there and and doing it regularly. It's kind of the same thing with any kind of habit, man. Like or any uh, any skill. Like most people, they didn't just start off really really good at whatever field whatever field they're in. They had a whole bunch of trial and error, yeah. but they had to keep getting up at bat. So like you you just got to keep getting up there and putting yourself out there and doing it. And you know don't be afraid to. You know, don't be afraid to lose sometimes, man. I've lost a lot more slams than I've won. I like, I would probably, I'd probably say I've written a lot more bad poems than I've written good poems. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you probably only hear the good poems more than once. But like, yeah, I've probably, I've definitely like written a lot of poems and like failed at writing a lot of poems. So yeah, man, it's you just can't be afraid to be out there. You know just really digging into your craft even if you're failing and even if you're if you're not doing exactly what you wanted to end up be uh, up doing with the work man as long as you're doing it man you're then that means you're growing and you're getting better right right okay that's what's up that's what's up because you know a lot of people are good at talking themselves out of doing something that they want to do and art is one of those things because um sometimes people like to compare themselves to other people and say oh i'm not as good as that person or you know this person is well established they got a lot of attention i'm not sure i can measure up to what they're doing and with that uh that that's great segue into the next question i'm gonna ask you um when the public health crisis started you actually developed a project and that project was called where two or more gathered and Mm -hmm. it involved artists and they also had a um i guess you can say they had a job to do together so my question is what exactly was where two or more gathered and what did you have the artists do when they got together um so essentially what it was is man I had this idea to be able to have a much more intimate set and to do something that I I think would make two people kind of go together a little bit more and like the experience make people kind of go together a little bit more. Mm -hmm. And so essentially we put two artists that haven't done a lot of work, if any, together Mm -hmm. um, in a room and you know, we, we, we talked to him, I think it was like two weeks before we started recording. Um, but I remember we sat down with them on Zoom and we all talked about, okay, this was the, and the vision was essentially just bringing all these artists together and having them work together and having them work a, a, a set out together. Yeah. And we sat them down together and kind of told them the vision. And then two weeks later, we started recording. And, uh, oh man, I mean, it's, I, I want to say like that as an experience, probably as like an artistic experience, was like incredibly eye-opening because you never know what you never know what you can create with another person. And I think when you're doing something by yourself, it's like cool, and it's like a. It's, I, I think you probably get a much more um, condensed version of your idea. But when you're working with somebody else, I think that you're able to build on each other's strengths. And we got to see that. Like, what we had four different sessions, and so for four different sessions, we got to see you know, people come together, you know, in ways that they had not come together before. And, you know, really, they, they did their art. I mean, we had singers, poets um, in there. And the series, you know, hopefully, I mean, we're going to be able to continue it. But, like, just so far, man, we've had singers, poets, rappers, 
um, and kind of all of them condensed in this space where they're, and we have like the art and stuff like that um, in the gallery as we're recording too, but we kind of had them all in that space and they were just working together to, you know, express this artistic vision that they created over that two weeks. Got you. Okay. So what's interesting about that is I know as artists are evolving, um, yeah. and they're finding comfort with themselves and what they create, whether it be a poem, a song, um, if it's an instrument that they play, something that they drew or paint, that your creative space belongs to you. It's something that's yeah. it's not easy to share with another person. So my question to you is, what do you think caused the artists that you had that were part of where two or more are gathered to work together so easily? Because I've seen some people struggle when it comes to working together. So what was it inside of your mind that lets you know for a fact that if you put these artists together, that things are going to run smooth? Um, I think it's probably a mixture of two things. Like it's like respect and talent. Cause I think that everybody that we chose and anybody that we would choose, like, I think that there are people that in our community, in our artist community, I look at them and I'm like, I, you know, I, you see these people open mics and I feature and you're like, like blown away by their talent and you're blown away by, you know, just like the things they can do on stage with their work. Right. Um, and so it's really invigorating to just see their talent level. Um, but then it's also that respect, man, because like these are also people that carry themselves a lot of integrity when it comes to their art, carry themselves a lot of integrity with regards to themselves and maneuvering throughout the community. Um, community advocates, man, we had educators up there. We had people that were, um, you know, they, they, they that were just, they, they, all of them, you know, in their own ways, do a lot of work for the community, do a lot of work for the people that we all love and see on a, you know, day-to-day, week-to-week, month-to-month basis. So, man, I think that when you put two people like that together, you know, no matter what your, you know, pre-thoughts are and you're like, man, nah, man, I gotta, I gotta be about myself and I gotta write this stuff. No matter what your thoughts are, man, you recognize the, the person sitting next to you is like an immensely talented, incredibly talented artist that, you know, is going to do this thing justice, man. It's almost like, man, I almost felt like, um... Pat Riley putting together Wade and, and LeBron. <laughs> I just felt like, you know, sitting back there like, oh man, this is really, I don't, like, <laughs> like they don't even understand, like, that there's an alley-oop that just happened that I'm just like, man, that, that was the vision, man, because they knew, man, what, you, you know, neither of those guys, man, they didn't, they didn't feel like, oh man, I'm too talented to sit next to this guy and try to perform next to this guy. He's going to crowd my space on the court. He's like that. Both of them felt like, man, they had stuff to give, and, you know, it was a work of art kind of watching that. And I'm like, right. same thing here, man. You put two people together that are that immensely talented and respected and respectable, uh, you're going to get good things every time. Yeah. Wow. Dang. That's, uh, that's deep. I never thought about it like that because, you know, like you said, you thought the alley, you, you had to plan that out a little bit. But when it was LeBron and Wade, it was so smooth, man. Wow, man! It was—it was, it was like it was nothing. They was. Listen, man, we were because we, we. I remember legitimately every single time, like somebody there would be there'd be moments in those sets where I would look at you like, "Yo, like, yeah, this is this," and I, and it's always like you think it's gonna be something like 
I don't really want to say like you know that you. I don't expect for something new to happen that really revigorates me. But I'm like every single set, I was like, man, I mm-hmm. I had I had a thought that this was gonna be good, but what y'all did there, I had no I there's <laughs> no I had no way of ever knowing that. I had no right. way of ever knowing that you were gonna do that. And like right. you know, being able to produce it out and like kind of seeing it, I was just like, oh, they. It, it it it'd be hard for them to do a bad job with it as talented as they are. So like, yeah, yeah, man, that's it's a great uh, time. That's good because uh, you know I think all artists, all artists want an opportunity to show their art. Period. Yeah. Um, and it's always a, a blessing when artists can get paid for doing that. But um, right. And I, I know that you did compensate the artists for uh, showing up, but I think artists want to make sure whatever it is that they're sharing that is respected and yeah. what i saw throughout that whole process in video after video i saw an immense respect for the artists with each other and also yeah. the way artists felt about you and they felt comfortable with you so my yeah. next question to you is what is your process to making sure that artists feel comfortable with you as the person that's reaching out to them because if you want to hire them or you want them to show their art how do you make them feel comfortable enough to do those things without feeling like they're being exploited or taken advantage of? Man, I I think probably primarily, and especially the stuff when it comes like the video work, mm-hmm. man, I, I know myself as an artist, one of the things that I, that I despise is like when people bring me in to essentially um, be more or less a puppet in their vision. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, you know, if I'm bringing you in, like, the primary thing I'm bringing you in is as creative. You know what I mean? So, like, right. I, I see your field. You know what I mean? Um, I, I take, for example, um, somebody like um, Trigno, um, mm-hmm. the rapper. Like, I, I think a lot about, man, if I, if, when, when we brought, he, there, was the first se- there was the first session that we did. And I remember, I've, I've known Trigno for years. You know what I mean? And so, you know, I would never put Trigno in a position where I'm like, okay, I want you to rap this song and I want you to do it here. You know, and there might be people that are like, okay, they, this is how, this is how they want to show it to go or something like that. But I was like, yo, like I, I can give a framework. I, and that's, and that's the thing that we saw everything time. I was like, I, I want to give a framework for you to be able to be yourself in and to outwork a vision. And, um, and realistically, this is like, I, I'm just pointing a camera at you kind of in this space. Um, we ask questions here and there just to, you know, kind of pick their brains. But, man, like, realistically, this, like, the entire experience was about the artist, man. It was about, you know, what they wanted to bring to the table. And that's really, I mean, I just take the things that I really appreciate about, you know, being, you know, when people bring me in, if they if they want me to participate in their project, of like, okay, I appreciate it when people are like, yo, like, what do you think like, like you, you, you should do kind of with this space and, and that kind of thing. So, you know, it's just really being, it's really about, you know, letting artists be themselves, letting artists, you know, express this thing and pull off a project that is entirely them. And then just knowing where to kind of cut in and be like, okay, so my, my space is just going to be recording and editing. Like that's just, that's it. You know what I mean? Like I, I know where I'm standing, so I don't have to get involved in this stuff that y'all are doing it, it it's going to turn out like i know how y'all are going to, make it turn out. so also paying them does not hurt <laughs> <So>. <laughs> <laughs> I, i'll say that and, that, and that's, the, and 
that's something that I appreciate, you know, about Columbus too, man, because I think people in Columbus, man, I think more so more now than ever starting to realize like, yo, man, these are artists. You're, you're, you're bringing in creative talent, man. You got to put that. They got, they got bills. You know what I'm saying? I, you know, I got, I got a light on or two right now. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, it's always, it's always good to put some money in their pockets. Yeah, I'm, I'm on stage for performing poems for you. I'm going home to a dark house. <laughs> All I got is milk in the fridge, man. Oh, man. I had to buy the Sonny last week, man. <laughs> <laughs> I need that check immensely quick. Oh, shoot. I'm pulling off a T.I. word expeditiously. <laughs> Wait. So, okay, so I, I got another question since we're on that topic. Uh, when it comes okay. to um artists being paid yeah but what do you think causes somebody that may be genuinely interested in somebody but not think to pay them what is it about artists that makes people think that no i mean i mean i'm sorry what is it about people that want to book artists that makes them think that you know what i think and it's and it's something that's interesting because you can't really find it in other fields but there is there's this idea around artists that artists want to. It's kind of how me how was artists want to perform, you know what I'm saying? Like I I write a poem, I want people to see it, I want people to hear it. Um, you know, somebody writes a rap, somebody you know writes an R and B song, somebody paints a painting, you know what I'm saying? Like so much of the things that we do, you know, I I know. There's a lot of, you know, we do it for ourselves, we do it for ourselves, but a lot of it is for public consumption, you know mm. what I'm saying? And mm. so I think that there's this idea that artists want to show what they have so bad that all I have to do is, like, it's almost like a service that I'm providing the platform. Right. And so a lot of people, they, and it's, a, and again, I don't think it's, I don't think it's necessarily even, like, it's not a malicious thing, right. not Maybe not in every case. There, there might be some cases where there's some malicious intent, but I think in a lot of cases, man, it's just this this thought that like, yo, I built, I got this stage, I got this area, I'm bringing this artist, I'm bringing the audience in, you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm marketing and I'm doing all that stuff. And all this person has to do is come in and do what they want to do anyway. You know what I mean? Right. Um, and so I think that it's kind of, it's just a misconception, you know what I mean? I think it's like they're they're not looking at it like, okay, you're you're not just booking to come in here and say a poem. You're booking the fact that you know I spent a lot of time trying to learn form, trying to learn you know ways to write the poem, trying this poem out at several other open mics, you know all this other stuff, refining this thing, creating this thing, and hopefully bringing you a good show. You're paying for stage presence. You're paying for the person that. You come in, you're paying for the time. There's a lot of other things that kind of go into it. And I think a lot of people don't really kind of factor that in because they don't see art like that. They think of it as very, a very ethereal, oh, this person just loves to do it. Yeah, get them on here and do this poem. Right. <laughs> but yeah, it's, you know, it's just a misconception is all. I don't think it's, I don't think a lot of times it's necessarily malicious. It's just a misunderstanding of, you know, kind of what that relationship is like or should be. Okay, cool. Wow, that's uh, that, that's interesting because, like what you said, how you really don't find it in any other profession. It seems like it's always the artist that's not being paid. But 
yeah. sometimes the artist can be the actual draw for whatever event is going on. Or no, you could. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's no, typically it is. That's the wild thing. Mm-hmm. It's it's real it's real interesting how uh, but like you said it's I don't think it's malicious either but I definitely yeah. think we're in a time where people are starting to recognize that we have to respect our artists we have to make sure that we take care of them the best way that we can so uh, thank you for uh, shedding a little bit light on that man I, that was pretty deep I appreciate that so no, no what we're gonna do is take just a little quick break and shift a little bit um, so. Every week, we like to provide a trivia question to the people that are watching. Last week's winner was Jennifer Bender. And this week, we're looking for a new winner. And you will get a gift card if you actually get the question correct. So, Matthias, you have a trivia question for the people that are watching. Could you share that question with them right quick? Mm, okay. So, it's, it's a question about, man, my, one of my favorite childhood spots. Mm-hmm. What side of town is Clown Cone on? So, yeah, if y'all didn't hear that, he asked, what side of town is Clown Cone on? Now, I know some of y'all might not be from that side of town, but I know you know what Clown Cone is. You can be in words. Some people here. don't. Nah, you Some gotta know what Clown Cone is. Everybody know what that you is. You would think. You would nah, think, man. man. Nah, 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 nah. Uh, Come on, man. Don't, don't do that. I'm just saying. They know just, what Clown Cone is. I ran into some people that didn't understand. They didn't know, man. <laughs> I, I immediately unfriended them. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I immediately was like, okay. So we're clearly the <laughs> is not going in a good direction. And I ended it, but <laughs> got you. Okay. So so uh did did we get a, a answer from anybody yet? Uh tech team, did we get an answer from anyone yet? I'm waiting to see if we got an answer real quick. We that is not the answer. Someone outside, that is not the answer. We're gonna just spend a little bit more time right. on this. We're gonna spend a little bit just a little bit more time because they should know this, Matthias. They should know that's this. A, that's a problem, man. <laughs> they don't even know, man. Clown Kong is a classic. Wow. Listen, man, I remember being uh seven years old, man, walking up in the clown cone. My uncle used to live in them apartments right behind there. So whenever I would go over there, man, it would be, you know, the new time, summer. i go in there and get a slushy for 70 cents. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Get some candy. Right. i go in there for with $2. i walk away with a bag and some, sl- and some slushy. Man, come on, man. That's, that's, that's it, man. That's... <laughs> That's childhood, man. Oh, I man. Feel, I feel sorry for people's childhood if they didn't have no clown fun in their life. Right. Clown cone. I, I'm not even a big ice cream eater. Like, I'm not big on ice cream, but I do remember when I went there, I was excited, I was happy, and I was satisfied. So It's, it's a happy place, man. Okay. <laughs> it really is. So we're gonna uh we're gonna be able to come back, you know, when people are watching this stream later on, we'll be able to come back and check that answer and see who got it. But uh let's continue right. on with the interview. Um cool. So Matthias, um, right now there's a, a major shift taking place when it comes to yeah. social justice, when it comes to uh, communities, when it comes to recognition of situations and stories my question to you is what role 
do artists have in documenting that story? Mm. That's a good question, man. You know what I, you know what I think. Like you know, and I and I think this happens a lot because you know, in and especially in in artist spaces when it comes to open mics and stuff like that, you list you hear a lot of a lot of poems in a row, right? And so, and I think especially when something happens, when something happens, when something really pivotal on the on the United States scene, or even if it's just like local Ohio, even as local as just like Columbus, right? Mm-hmm. You're gonna hear a lot of work and stuff like that around it. Um, I think artists have the ability to kind of distill a lot of the stuff that's happening. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, especially if, you know, depending on the scope that you're looking at it through and if you're trying to take some interesting dimensions and some interesting ways to kind of get to the situation, um, you know, you have, they have the ability to kind of paint this, whatever is going on or whatever they have going on in their lives in a way um, that can reach people. Because that's really what a lot of art does, you know, like a lot of art, it kind of cuts through a lot of the confusion and, and hopefully kind of connects some dots with for people mm-hmm. uh, you know what I mean and so I think that's uh, art does that a lot um, but I'll say as far as artists are concerned um, I don't know like it's interesting like I don't know if the, I don't know if I would say an artist in specific has like a job maybe you know because I'm like if, you, if if this if your heart isn't in the, in the place to write about this kind of stuff or to kind of be activated towards this kind of stuff. Like I would never be like, oh, nah, you need to get up there and give me <laughs> this protest poem or else. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Like that, that would never be my place, but I definitely think that artists have the ability to do that. Um, in a lot of the same ways that there's like comedians that, you know, I think can, can do a lot of work towards that, you know, being funnier. Right. Comedy, I think, kind of breaks the ice in a lot of spaces. Same thing with people who do like 2D art, like paintings and stuff like that, sculptures, um, 3D, when it comes to like 3D art. So, like, everybody kind of has a, a way to kind of maybe bridge the gap and, and kind of explain something in a way that, you know, isn't necessarily two people arguing or shouting across, you know, you know, uh, a Twitter thread <laughs> between each other. Right. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's something that, you know, I think it can bond over and relate to people over. Okay. A uh, quick question. Is Clown Cone still open? Because people still talking about Clown Cone. Is it still open? It's, I mean, I don't think it's open during the, like, right now. Okay. But it's like, in generally, it's open, I know. Okay. That's for sure. It was a couple, I, 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 was, I just drove past there, I think it was, like, last week, just to, <laughs> just to be around it. I had to okay. get the order. Cause I, I think I think some I think they about to pick up business after you asked them that question. So we gonna see hey. what's gonna happen real quick. <laughs> right. Y'all didn't have it in y'all life before, man. Y'all welcome. <laughs> right. So Matthias, um, so with the artists that you had that were a part of, where two or more gathered, I know yeah. that some of their work is about healing. Some of their work or songs, poems, whatever they have may address social justice. So my question to you is, when it comes to that project in particular, and some of the content that the artist had, how could that be addressing what's going on? Or how could that be healing some of the people that are looking at what's taking place and they're feeling like, I'm confused, I don't know what to do. How can that project, those artists and the content, 
be something that's beneficial and helpful to those people that hear it. Yeah, you man, you know it's interesting because I remember like w- while we were watching each one, kind of thinking like each of these kind of took on their own identity, man. Each of these things, um, you know, even if these artists had never worked together before, like most of them had never even worked together on stuff like that before. It was like they worked together and it felt like they were working towards like something com- like a common theme. I'd probably say, man, when it comes to healing and when it comes to um, kind of a lot of reparative work. Um, the one that I think kind of gravitated a lot more towards like that reason was um, Mir and Shamika's. I remember watching that one and like just, uh, man, it's kind of hard because like, like tonally, man, Mir singing, Mika singing, Mika's poetry to both of their writing, man, I think it it did something, it did some really, really good work because there was, it was a lot of happiness, there was a lot of, like, cheer, but there was also, we kind of dug in, in, you know, dug in deep a little bit. We kind of got beneath the skin and we kind of started revealing some of the stuff that, you know, a lot of, we don't maybe talk about a lot or we don't want to, you know, express a lot of the time, um, but we, we ended on a really positive note um, and a really inspirational note, a song um, that Mir did. Um, and I think throughout the course of that process, man, I was, I was watching them and I think I felt, you know, happiness, you know, and I think that's like kind of the thing, especially right now, man, there's so much stuff happening. Um, there's so much stuff happening without even considering we're also going through an entire pandemic, you know? Um, and so when you factor everything in, there's there's so much anxiety man there's so much um like real tangible fear and i think it was good to kind of operate in this space where we're like okay let's let's be we can be funny we can be like kind of cheery kind of in that process as well while while we're kind of introspective and digging into those things you know let's not forget like okay we're human beings. We need to be able to laugh every once in a while. We need to, we need to be able to like find some joy. And I think all, all of them kind of did that in one aspect or another. Um, but that one in specific, I think it kind of brought out a lot of like happiness um, because it took us through a journey. But then it's like when once we're out of the journey, we're like, oh man, you know, daydreaming. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> we're out. It was intense, man, especially um, the two that you had said. After seeing it, I was like, wow, this feels like a therapy session, a crying session, a love session. (laughs) All the feelings and emotions that you can feel, all of those things were brought out of you. You heard the content that they had and how they paired it up and put it together. That was amazing. That was so amazing, man. So, Matthias, as much as we're talking about art and all these other artists, I'm going to mm-hmm. have to ask you, before we close out and finish up, would you be willing to share a poem with us? Uh, yeah, I could probably share a poem. Just a quick, just a quick poem. Let us hear a little, just a little bit of what you got, because, you know, you, you one of my favorites. I love, Like I said, this guy is one of the most witty, good-wordplay <laughs> people I, I've ever seen in my life. Later oh, on, my. you catch what he said. you like, oh, he didn't really say that? Don't don't let don't let him gas me. Nah, that's the game. That's the game that he likes to play. That's the game he likes to play. But uh, so what I love most about Matthias' work is the, the wittiness and the wordplay, and how much thought actually goes into what he creates. Because um, there's so many different ways to execute your point, 
um, and share your art, especially in a poem. And there's so many different ways yeah. to do it, but I feel like Matthias has conquered his style and mm. he does it. And when it comes out, it just flows together so smooth. You can tell that he went over it and edited and uh, took this out, put that in there, made it that long on purpose so it could come out the way it comes out. So, you know, if you haven't heard much of before, you need you need to get on top of that. You you need to. So, you ready, Matthias? Uh, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm okay. So, like, what what do what do you want to hear? I guess that's, that's a, it's up to you. Like, what what would you like to hear? I got my Daniel selling his mixtape, John. <laughs> uh, I can do Kobe. That's like an old favorite. What do you think? Uh, I'm I'm feeling the Kobe, man. I'm feeling the Kobe. Feeling the Kobe. Yeah, All right. <clears throat> So, yeah, this is a poem called Kobe. I wrote it, ooh, man, six years ago. Man. Man. Um, but uh, rest in peace to Kobe, rest in peace to DJ. When it came to Kobe, guys in my neighborhood had the perfect elocution. Now, sure, we pronounce ass like axe, and what time is it? But, hey, yo, run that watch but Kobe. Kobe's always said to the very height of the Urban Dictionary standard, you can't say it's some regular old way. You got to arc your shot. Imagine reaching into a cookie jar. Now take a gust of wind between the back of your tongue and the roof of your mouth. You let it out just above a whisper, one octave higher than your natural speaking tone. It sounds like Kobe. <laughs> yeah, that's how you know your shot's good. Broadcasters say he sinks the trifecta. We call that the safe passage home. It's so ingrained in our vernacular that none of us had the slightest clue how to mispronounce Kobe. When Anthony Belmont turned blacktop into moon landings, he became our chosen one. We'd wire pride and shame across our faces as he shot on us every time. Yo, when playing in the cages, it's always best a five, five on five. And if Belmont's on your squad, that's a clean sweep. And if he sprays you from the line, you got 409. Tuck them threes in the holster on your side and shout, and shout out Olympic pride. All you ever heard was Kobe. Anthony Belmont is brought down by three straight bullets on the corner of Minnesota and Purdue. Investigators called it a cold case as soon as they arrived on the scene. His blood still pushing steam off of itself into a 7 a.m. shadow. Investigators look for black guns and drugs and if they find them all wrapped up in the same body they don't bother searching no more you know on the news that night he's a fourth story reported on it's right behind ways to keep your child warm in cold weather it's in a segment it's called barry on the seat now barry calls anthony a man found dead it felt so 2006 you know it felt like ripping off old jerseys it felt like eight turning 24 right in our television screens and why our boys gotta be men only after they expire yo what happened to our boy barry said bullets fly into black basin and get swallowed whole and and he didn't report any more facts although he did illustrate he pointed his finger in his thumb and he goes bang 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 but if barry knew any better he would have said kobe Kobe, Kobe, that's a black top full of unfinished destiny. Kobe, written in the books already. 
Kobe, purple and gold, stalking streets he don't belong to. Black Mamba, Cobra, Kobe, victim of black, victim of guns, victim of drugs. Who hand him the rock and he will make a whole shot clock stand still. And here we are. We don't even mourn the right way. We just like eulogies on moon landings for our homies. Anthony Belmont, but like a safe passage home. Kobe. Come on, man. Listen, if y'all didn't, if y'all didn't pick up on it, like that's a giant metaphor from the beginning all the way to the end. And it's speaking about the, the experience that young black men go through, and it's 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 so loaded. But I, I ain't gonna sit here and break it down. If you want to learn more about Matthias, please check him out. Check out his, his YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Matthias. Can you tell us how people can find your project with two or more gathered? Uh, where two or more gathered is actually it's so um, everything is it's in one of two places. So you can find all four episodes posted on the Maroon Arts Group. I actually got my Maroon my Maroon shirt, Maroon Arts Group shirt on right now. But yeah, um, but Maroon Arts Group on Facebook. Um, all the episodes are posted on there, and it's also posted on our YouTube page, um, Maroon Arts Group on uh, YouTube, just where two or more gather. Uh, yeah. Cool. And, uh, and how can people also check out your podcast that you and your wife have together? Stress and Bless? Yes. Um, check us out on, um, it's Stress and Bless Show on Instagram, and it's Stress Blessings on Twitter. But if you just look up myself or my wife, I am Matthias uh, J. Speaks, on uh, Twitter and Instagram, and my wife is Moons at Dust uh, on Instagram and Twitter. If you look us up there, you'll see some clips and some stuff like that um, from Stressed and Blessed, and the Instagram got some of our little shorts, um, skits and stuff like that. Cool, cool. That's what's up. So definitely check them out. I mean, their content is so good. They're actually viral right now. With a picture, <laughs> I, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Nah, this is the, we went viral. We went viral twice. We, we did it twice? with the. So we did it with the um the Rosa Parks jump. Yeah. So we did it with that, and then Shade Room actually just posted um the Black Love one. So okay, you know we in a couple we in a couple places. Look, you know this saying? is this is the content that, that he produces. Him and his wife produces. Y'all, if y'all don't know Matthias Jackson, please check my friend out. This man is amazing. One of the most amazing artists that we have in the city. Gotta support our local talent. Wow. Matthias, I just want to say thank you for coming on the show. Appreciate you for everything that you do, and I hope that you continue on with uh, everything you're doing. Uh-oh, looks like we lost. Did we lose him? Okay, it looks like we, we probably uh, lost Matthias, but... um. Everybody, thank you for tuning in. Uh, I'm going to be back again next week. I'm going to be interviewing a mural artist in the city named Francesca Milton. She's been doing a lot of murals, and I think she has a lot of stories to share about her experience. So I'll be seeing you again next week on Thursday, 4.30 at the same time with Art Tells a Story. I'm Dante Woods Fights, and thank you. We out. We, we leave, Matthias. <laughs> we good. <laughs>